0: We're starting a new series,
1: and it should make you happy. We are starting a series that is going to set you free. We have a God that is passionate for us. We have a God that loves us. We have a God
0: that has A destiny. He has blueprints on your life. Do you know that? That He has blueprints on your life. And no matter what trouble you've gotten yourself into,
1: somebody's watching us on Facebook Live back there. And no matter what kind of trouble you get yourself into, He's smarter than any situation. That you can get yourself into. Today
0: we're going to start a series, just called "Amazing Grace." So many people don't understand why grace is amazing. We sing we sing the song when we come to church, and if we're real honest, we scratch our heads and say. I don't know what's so amazing about grace. And the reason why is because we've never heard the gospel. We've never heard grace preached without being contaminated with religion. And today we're going to start this journey. There might be some things that I say that startle you, and they're meant to. But I guarantee you that if through the revelation of the word of god being revealed to your spirit you will walk out of here today
1: amazed at grace so to start with grace see the people think that the gospel
0: just showed up when jesus showed up on the scene but this message of god wanting a relationship with humanity apart from our actions, apart from what we must do, was from the very, very beginning. If you go back to Genesis to the Garden of Eden, there were two trees representing two ways of relating with God. And we all know that Adam and Eve, what, they sinned, right? They fell. Have you, what was the sin what was this heinous thing? What was this, this horrible atrocity that they committed? Can you bring my volume down just a little bit? Because I might get loud. That
1: they committed that brought down the entire human race. What created this fall that caused mankind to enter into darkness? What was it? I mean, it, it had to be something horrible. Was it rebellion? Was it sexual immorality?
0: I mean, these are all things that we talk about as being terrible. Was it lying? Was it
1: stealing? Was it hatred? Was it greed? Was it murder? What was it that took down humanity?
0: It was none of those things. It was something that many Christians are still striving to do today. Many Christians are sitting in services just like this, and they're being told
1: to do exactly what Adam and Eve did. We are taught that it is our job in the goal of a
0: believer to accomplish this, to do this. What was this great sin that brought down the human race?
1: Trying to be more like God. They were trying to be more like God. That's not
0: such a bad sin, isn't it? That's not a great sin. How is that a sin at all to try
1: to be more like God? Aren't we supposed to be more like God? Aren't we called to be more like Christ?
0: Aren't we supposed to be Christ like? Aren't we supposed to be working to be more like Christ?
1: Aren't we supposed to try to be more like God? It's a good thing, isn't it? Actually, it's a sin. They were deceived in believing that if they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and
0: evil, they would be more like God. To think that we can be more like Christ by our
1: own efforts is the self-righteous sin of unbelief. They
0: thought they could do something. They thought, if I could eat from this tree, I can become more like God. Have you ever heard that before? If you do this, this, and this, if you just pray more, if you just read your Bible more, if you just come to church more, if you just serve more,
1: then you'll be more like God. You'll be more Christ-like. If I just do something, if I'm just a better person, if I just sin less, then I'll be
0: more like Christ. It's the same deception being sold to humanity over and over again, trying to accomplish something that you can never accomplish in your own strength, in your own ability. To think that we can be more like Christ by our own efforts is a sin of unbelief. And it's an insult to God. How insulting it is to God to think that you can do something to be like him. And it's an insult to the cross. It's an insult to Christ to think that what he did and what he accomplished, then we need to add to it. We need to be righteous, more righteous. We need to be more holy. We need to stop sinning more if I want to be more like Christ. What a slap. The face of our Savior. To think that you, can, he didn't
1: accomplish it, that we need to do something to accomplish it. Christianity is not about trying
0: to be Christ like. Christianity is not about trying to be Christ like. I, I can see it on your faces. I already insulted some of you, and I did it on purpose. Christianity is not about trying to be like Christ. It's about receiving God's gift of
1: righteousness and walking in it by faith. It's about receiving what Christ has done and believing it.
0: It's about believing that we have been transformed by the Spirit of God in our spirits to be like Christ, that our spirit has been born again. This is a spiritual thing. It's not a carnal thing. This is a spiritual thing. Your spirit was reborn, birthed into the very image and
1: likeness of Christ. And when you say that you have to do something to accomplish that, you're saying that he did not accomplish a thing. But don't we have to be more righteous if we want to please God? No. Your righteousness is but filthy rags. He wants you to rest in Christ's righteousness that you have received as a free gift. This is the key to the Christian life. But so many Christians are still eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Have you ever wondered what that tree is? I don't know I I think about those things and I
0: read some things that people have said about it and and studied and pondered
1: and most people think that it was an apple tree but we're going to see from scripture that I think it points to something different the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was a tree that promised that you could know God's righteousness and try to attain it
0: through human effort. The knowledge of good and evil. You can know the righteousness of God, the goodness of God, and through human effort, attain that goodness.
1: We are not called to eat from that tree, even though many Christians eat from it. weekly. Instead, we should turn from it and we should eat from the tree of life, which is resting in Christ
0: and his gift of righteousness. Most people
1: think that it was an apple tree. And they, they've seen pictures of it, Adam and Eve naked with a leaf. And they got an apple. And some
0: people think that the reason why it was portrayed this way is that in the
1: Latin language, the word for evil and the word for apple is the same word. But it's probably more of a marketing thing
0: that caused people to believe that it was an apple. What do you mean by a marketing thing? Well, in the 1900s, um, they had this temperance movement against drinking. See, people thought that that apple cider was better for you than drinking water Well, the problem with with apple cider is it ferments right and people were getting drunk off fermented
1: apple cider and so the church to ward off the evils of drunkenness started putting uh, pictures out advertisements
0: of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil as an apple. What a great marketing thing, right? To get you're actually drinking the thing
1: that caused humanity to fall. And the poor little apple has been picked on for ever since then. But scripture doesn't say anything about an apple. Nowhere in
0: scripture does it say anything about an apple, but it does it does allude to another type of
1: tree another type of tree. And I believe it was the fig tree. In Mark chapter 11, verse 12, it says, On the
0: next day, when they had left Bethany, Jesus became hungry, and seeing at a distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if perhaps he would find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for it was not the season for figs he said to it may no one ever eat fruit
1: from you again why did Jesus pick on this poor little fig tree what did the fig tree do see figs trees produce figs and then produce leaves So if it had leaves, it should have had what? Figs. So it was proclaiming something. It was a hypocrite. It was showing that it should be fruitful. But it had no fruit. Jesus came to get fruit from the tree, and it was empty.
0: And there's this... Way of studying the Bible called the law of first mention. It's, it's when you see something peculiar, you see something in, in the Bible, and then you say, go back and find the very first place that it's mentioned in the Bible. And a lot of, a very, a lot of times you'd be surprised at how the first place it mentions can give you great insight into where it's mentioned to the rest of the Bible. So where was the first place that the fig tree was mentioned? Genesis, they covered them their nakedness with what, salad dressing, fig leaves, salad dressing. In Genesis three seven, it says, "Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths." I believe that the, and we're going to see from other scriptures that the fig tree was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's interesting that
1: Israel, under the law, was mentioned as a fig tree. Because the law, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, is the same thing. I believe it was a fig tree. They used it
0: to cover up themselves. Scripture doesn't say that they went frolicking, jumping, skipping through the garden, looking for the best clothing to sew together. I believe that when they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it says that they were startled, that they were, naked. they were naked. And immediately, condemnation, shame, and guilt entered into their life. And I believe they grabbed the thing that was closest, and they just happened to be standing directly under a fig tree. And they covered their nakedness with fig leaves.
1: They panicked, and they took care of it. They covered up their shame with the self-righteousness of fig leaves. It's
0: interesting that that shame and guilt and condemnation came into the picture, came into their hearts, came into life before any curse was ever given. This is important. I'm I'm leading you somewhere. You got to think about this. That why was there guilt and condemnation before God ever said? What was going to happen from the result of them choosing to live independent from him? See, people think that God came in and cursed Adam and Eve. No, God came and told them what the result is when humanity lives separate from God, when humanity lives in self-righteousness, when humanity tries to decide for themselves what is good and evil, when humanity tries
1: to reach up to God through their own human effort, and it's a curse. It's a curse. See, Adam and Eve were made in the image of
0: God, but they had their own righteousness. They had to have had their own righteousness. So when They sinned against righteousness. Guilt, shame, and condemnation was the result. Now, why did they have to have their own righteousness? Because if they had God's righteousness, they could have never
1: fallen. No matter what they did would have been right. Do you get that? This is a very important point here. If they had God's righteousness, They could
0: have never fallen. Yeah, they were clean. They had a clean slate. They were sinless. All of this stuff is true. They were made in the image of God. But they had their own righteousness. They had their own righteousness. And why is this such an important point?
1: Because if they had God's righteousness, they would never fall. And this should all of a sudden get you thinking a little bit. See,
0: God's intent from the very beginning. Was for humanity to show humanity how fruitless living in your own righteousness, in your own ability, is. And God's plan from the foundations of the earth was for humanity to rest in his
1: righteousness and never, ever have to fear of falling again. Have you received God's righteousness? Have you received the gift of righteousness? Not your righteousness. God made him
0: who knew no sin to be made sin for us, that we
1: might be made the righteousness of God in him. Told you you should be happy today. You never have to
0: worry about falling. Why? Because your righteousness is not your righteousness. You
1: were bought with a price. You have God's righteousness. This was God's goal from the very beginning to show humanity that we cannot reach up to God. He has
0: to reach down to us and put put us into Him. The whole point. The whole point of the tree was to show mankind that relating to God through their own righteousness was pointless. Adam and Eve's attempt to be more like God only showed how unlike God they were. Isn't that interesting? When they ate from the tree the knowledge of good and evil, which they were deceived in doing, they ate from it believing that they would be more like God. But when they tried to do something to be more like God, what happened? They just realized how much like God they weren't.
1: The very thing that they did to try to attempt to be like God only showed them how unlike God they were. And so they covered up their nether regions with the righteousness, self-righteousness, with the self-righteousness of fig leaves. They tried, so then they did something else to be Righteous sounds like religion to me humanity's
0: attempt to be good enough only demonstrates how unrighteous we are and we need to see how un- unrighteous we are in our self-righteousness before we're ready to receive god's righteousness
1: that's why the tree was in the garden the tree was in the garden why to show
0: Humanity show Adam and Eve how unrighteous they were on their own. The tree, the deception was that if I can eat from the tree, then I'll be righteous. Then I'll be like God. That's not why the tree was there. The tree wasn't there to make them righteous,
1: was it? It only pointed out how unrighteous they were, right? Now, this is important because The same reason why the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was in the garden, to point out how unrighteous they were, is the same reason why Israel was given the law. The law was intended to show how unrighteous we were. We'll talk about it more. In Romans chapter
0: 3 verse 10, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight,
1: for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Can the law justify you in the sight of God? No. What does the law do? The law is the knowledge of sin. The law isn't there to make you righteous. The law
0: isn't there to make you holy. The law is there to give you knowledge. What kind of knowledge? The knowledge of how sinful you are, how unrighteous you are. The fig tree was not there to make them more righteous, but it revealed how they didn't have God's righteousness. The law was not given to make man righteous only to
1: reveal how far they had fallen from the righteousness and the glory of God. Are you wrapping yourself up in the law? Are you wearing the law as your garments? Or are you clothed in Christ? You see, if you're using
0: the very thing that was given to reveal your unrighteous to become righteous, you're no different than Adam and Eve using fig leaves trying to cover up their
1: shamefulness. So many people think that the law, if I, the law is revealing that I am sinful. I'm unrighteous.
0: So if I could keep the law, if I can learn to walk in the law, if I can discipline myself, then I'll be righteous. That's as smart as Adam and Eve taking trees off the fig tree. Oh, it revealed to me that I'm naked, so I'm going to cover up in fig leaves. If you think the thing that is designed
1: to show your unrighteousness will make you righteous, you're you're Nimrod. It's not, the purpose of it is not to make you righteous. It's not to make you justified. It's to show. It's to magnify how unrighteous you are and how unqualified you are. But that's what we're taught. We're taught that we gotta try harder. We gotta do more.
0: I remember when I was in this hamster cage of religion, and I was out with the men's group, and I said. Uh, proud of myself I was trying to live holy and right righteous and I said to my we were talking
1: I said you know what it's been two weeks and I have not sinned once and just like that I had to repent in front of them all and all of a sudden the law came up and said you have been slothful could have spent more time in the Word and you didn't no matter how good you are the law will always show how far you've fallen in Luke chapter 13 verse 6 And Jesus began telling this parable. So Jesus is telling a
0: parable. He's telling a parable about what? A a fig tree. He's telling this parable to a fig tree to who? The religious leaders, the Pharisees, and the scribes. He says, a man had a fig tree which had been planted in his vineyard. And he came looking for fruit on it and did not find any. And he said to the vineyard keeper, Behold, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree without finding any. Cut it down. Why does it even use up the ground? And he answered and said to him, let it alone, sir, for this year too until I dig around it and put put in
1: fertilizer. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. But if not, cut it down. What was the fig tree? It was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil,
0: right? Which is the knowledge of God's righteousness and trying to keep it through human effort. The fig tree had the same purpose as the law. Jesus said that the fig tree was going to be cut down and destroyed. So this system of relating to God through human effort was going to be done away with. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil was going to be done away with. And this idea of, that you can uh, relate to God through your own works, through your own self-righteousness, through the law, was going to be done away with. Now, something that's interesting, and this is something that uh, God spoke to me as I was preparing this message, and I haven't heard it anywhere else, so if I'm wrong, you can – I'm wrong. But I thought it was very – pretty pretty interesting. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, it tells us that a day with the Day with the Lord is but a thousand years and a thousand years but a day, right?
1: For three day three years we have we for three years we have this fig tree Jesus is talking about. And he says that it's not producing any fruit. And then they say, leave it for one more year. Let me fertilize it. Let me introduce the law. Maybe we can get it to produce fruit by giving them the law for one more year. So if you have three, four, that's the fourth, fourth year, 4,000 4, years Jesus showed up on the scene to cut down that tree. Jesus showed up on the scene on, di- on the fourth thousandth year from Adam to that point to do away with the tree. They, he tried everything; they tried
0: everything throughout human history to make the self-righteous works produce fruit, and even introduced the law, even introduced, gave a nation exactly what to do. Do you re- do you know this that? As much as the church talks about the law, that human history has lived apart from the law more than in the law, law was just a blink of an eye in human history. All the way up to Moses, to Mount Sinai, there was no law, it was of grace. And they were in an Abrahamic covenant that was the righteousness of God by what? Faith. Then they wanted to, then they, God asked them, these are my commandments. These are my laws. Can, will you keep them? If you keep them, you'll be blessed. If you don't keep them, what? You'll be cursed. And
1: what did they say? Did they say, no, who, we, can't, we can't keep your laws. We're, we have a covenant. Why are you trying
0: to make a new covenant with us, God? We have a covenant. We have a covenant of faith through our father Abraham that we're blessed through faith in you. Is that what they said? No, they said, we can, keep, we can surely keep all that you require of us. And all you see is just a few highlights in Israel's history of them keeping the law and being
1: blessed. But the majority of Israel's history is tragedy, is the curse. And then Jesus shows up, and guess what? He fulfills the law and the prophets. He gives us a new covenant. The old one has passed away. It's dead.
0: So just that little brief moment in human history, in actually Israel's history, because the law was only for Jews. It wasn't for Gentiles. And we're all Gentiles here, I believe. You were never, ever, ever in that covenant. You were never under the law but we, for some reason we think that the Mosaic covenant is better than the covenant that we have in Jesus Christ.
1: Most churches, most time, they spend all their time talking about the law.
0: We're not even in that covenant. That's why we're charismatic New Testament Church. Most Christians don't even realize that the reason why we're called charismatic New Testament Church is to glorify and magnify the new covenant that we're in. Most people say, so you don't preach out of the Old Testament? As you can see, we've already done it this morning. No, we don't live in that Testament. We preach the good news of the New Testament out of that
1: Testament because it's found throughout. Jesus is that red string that goes throughout the entire Bible.
0: So Jesus showed up to destroy this system. Jesus warned that if you rely on this system, the system will destroy you along with it. Why? Because it has no life. Jesus cut down the tree and destroyed it, but he replaced it with himself, the tree of life, and we are to eat from
1: him. I believe that the tree of life was an olive tree. Jesus is our olive tree. Jesus is our life. In Romans chapter 11, verse
0: 16, it says, if the root is holy, the branches are holy too. So who is the
1: root? The root is who? Jesus. Who are the branches? Well, and th- we are in just a second. But right now, it's talking about Israel. They were holy because of their father Abraham and the
0: promise God made to Abraham. They were children of God because of the Abrahamic promise. But if some of the branches were broken off, if some of Israel was broken off, and you being a wild olive tree, you guys are a bunch of wild olive trees out there, the Gentiles, were grafted in among them and became partaker with them of the rich root of the olive tree. Who's the rich root of the olive tree? It's Jesus. Do not be arrogant toward the branches. But if you are arrogant, remember that it is not you who supports the root. You can't do nothing for the root. You can't do nothing for Jesus. You can't help him out. You can't make his life. You can't can't help him out with your salvation. You can't help him out with your holiness. You can't help him out with anything. Everything that we are comes up from the sap that's in the root. And the same sap that's in the root
1: is the same sap that runs through the branches. But the root supports you.
0: The children of Israel were the children of God, not because of the law, but because of Abraham. They were descendants of Abraham. The ones that were broken off were those that remained in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Those that rejected Christ were
1: broken off along with the law, that covenant. And we Gentiles were able to be grafted into the tree of life by faith in God's work through Christ, making us righteous. Jesus is our life. He is the tree of life. I don't think it's any accident that our logo
0: for this church is a tree. I've had, it's funny the things, pe- questions people ask me. They, they ask me, um, I had one person ask me why we don't have any crosses in the church. And I was actually out in Colorado the first time that we went out to a um, minister's conference at Andrew Wolmack Ministries, and there was a cross on, on one of the churches, and that person saying that to me made me think, is it wrong that we don't have any
1: crosses? And the Lord just spoke to me. He says, you do. It's the tree. It's the tree of life. You're magnifying the spiritual aspect of it. The world sees an executor's stake. But I've seen the glorious tree of life for all humanity to come and receive eternal life. Jesus is life. In John chapter 1, verse 4, In him was life, and the
0: life was the light of men. In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. In John chapter eleven twenty five, 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. Amen. In John chapter 17, verse 3, this is eternal life. What is eternal life? That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. If you want more eternal life, if you want more life in, your li- in, in you, get to know God more. And how do you get to know God more? Through Jesus Christ, who he has sent. In Revelation 22, verse 1, Then he showed me a river of water, of the water of life clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. John chapter 7, verse 38, He who believes in me, as the Scripture said, from the innermost being will flow rivers of living water. In First John chapter 5, verse 20, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true, and we are in Him, who is true in his son jesus christ this is the tr- this is the true god and eternal life jesus is the true god and he is eternal life and you are in him you are in the truth in first john chapter 5 verse 11 and this in the testimony is this that god has given us eternal life and th- this life is in his son you think jesus is the tree of life? Do you think life can be found anywhere else except through Jesus? Jesus is the olive tree that we were grafted into. Jesus is the tree of life. He is the source of life. He is all life. Anything that is not of Christ is not life. We are to eat not from the fig tree. We are are not to eat from the fig tree. We are to boast in his righteousness and not our own. All righteousness comes from Him. All righteousness comes from Him. So where is your boasting today? Are you like me and say, "I haven't sinned in two weeks," and then the law pops up and says, "Oh, you were slothful. You could have done more." Where is your boasting? See the vi- the fig tree boasts in self righteousness. I can do it. I okay. Maybe that didn't work, but if I do this, maybe this will make me righteous. This will be, this time I'm going to do it. This time I'm not going to fall. This time
1: I'm not going to sin. This time, if you are concerned about what you need to do,
0: if you are in church, if you as a believer, if you as a Christian are concerned about what you need to do to please God, to be righteous, to be more holy, if you are concerned about what you need to do, it's a good sign that you
1: are not boasting in Christ Jesus, but yourself. Have you ever thought that? Have you ever had that thought come into your mind? I can't be the only one. I got this need in my life. What do I need to do to get God to move in my life? What do I need to do to get this sin out of my life? What do I need to do to
0: stop doing this? What do I need to do to hear God more? What do I need to do? What do I need to do?
1: All of that is looking to you as your Savior. And you and I are very, very pathetic saviors. Romans chapter 11, verse 17. But if some of the branches were
0: broken off, and you, being in wild olive, were grafted in among them, and became partaker with them of the rich root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant toward the branches. But if you are arrogant, remember that it is not you who supports the root, but the root that supports you. Verse 19. You will say then, Brand- Say then, branches were broken off so that
1: I might be grafted in. Quite right. They were broken off for their unbelief. Why were they broken off?
0: Because they were terrible sinners? Because they didn't keep the law? Because of their unbelief. Unbelief what? Unbelief that righteousness
1: comes through Christ and not by the works of the flesh. Oh, I, we got lots of. Wait till you find out what the works of the flesh are. You will say then,
0: branches were broken off, so that I might be grafted in. Quite right, they were broken off for their unbelief. But if you stand by your faith, but you stand by your faith, do not be conceited, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. Behold, then the kindness and the security of God, to those who fell, the severity, but to you, God's kindness. If you continue in his kindness, otherwise you also will be cut off. So what's this saying? Is this talking about you better fear God because you are gonna might lose your salvation. He might cut you off and throw you in the fire. This is not about losing your salvation. The whole context of Romans chapter 11 is about faith. What is your faith in? What's your faith in? The reason why the natural branches, some of Israel, it wasn't all of Israel, right? All the apostles, the apostle in Paul, they were
1: all Jews. It was only some of the branches that were cut off. The reason why some of them were cut off is because
0: they chose to stay under the law through their unbelief in who Christ was, resulting in works-based righteousness. The reason why the wild olive trees, us, the Gentiles, were getting grafted in was because of faith in Jesus Christ. The whole point that, that Paul is trying to make is don't boast in yourself, but boast in the branch.
1: Or don't boast in yourself the branch, boast in Christ the rut. Don't, don't boast off that, that, that some of Israel was cut off, that, that
0: but that Christ is what we boast in. If you boast in the branches, it shows that you do not have faith in Christ. If you boast in yourself, if the branches say we, have, we, we are better because we were grafted in and, and we have a, a more knowledge and more enlightenment and all this stuff, you're boasting in yourself and not in Christ and you're doing the same thing that caused Israel to be cut off. If you boast in the branches, it shows that you do not have faith in Christ, but in yourself. You are not a true branch, but a fake one that has, gra-
1: the graft hasn't taken. You know that? You can go to church. You can sing songs. You can
0: do good deeds. You can try to keep the law. You can look like a branch all you want. But if your faith is in yourself, if your faith is in your denomination, if your your faith is in the church, if your faith is in the pastor or the
1: priest, if your faith is in your church history, if your faith is in anything except Jesus Christ, you are not a true branch. You're deceiving yourself. And you are in danger. The good news is, is that you can be grafted in through simple faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ.
0: This is not saying that you can lose your salvation. It's saying that you were never saved in the
1: first place. If you're boasting in yourself, you were never saved in the first place. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. But by his doing, who's doing? But by his doing,
0: you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that just as is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Romans chapter 3, verse 21, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifest. Apart from the law apart from the law, if, if this righteousness of God is apart from the law, guess what that means? It has nothing to do with the law. There's a righteousness of God that has manifested itself, and it has nothing to do with the law. So if God's righteousness has manifested itself, and it has nothing to do with the law, why are you so concentrated on trying to keep the law? And we're going to find out the law isn't just the Ten Commandments. We have so many laws unto ourselves. It's this idea. It's the same thing that Adam and Eve had. It's this idea that you can be right with God apart from God, that you can be equal with God, that you can be more like God just by the way that you live, the way that you think, the way that you carry out your life. It's not just the Ten Commandments. The atheists
1: have laws unto themselves that make them think that they're a good person. The Hindu, the Muslim, All of these people, all these false religions have this certain laws. Christians have lots of laws that have nothing to do with the Ten Commandments. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifest,
0: being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God. Not your righteousness the very righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe, for there is no distinction. There is a righteousness,
1: the very righteousness of God, that's available to who? All that believe. All that believe. Romans 3.27, where then is boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? We can't even be made righteous with the law. Or what kind of work? Or or works? Where is boasting? No, but by the law of faith in Christ Jesus. The mixture of law and grace. So you can be in the olive tree. You can put your trust in Christ
0: Jesus you, you can even be saved, and you can still be eating from the wrong tree. You can be still eating from the fig tree. That's called a mixture of law and grace, and it's an, a disgusting, disgusting lukewarm beverage as a matter of fact, it causes God to want to spew you out of your mouth. See so many people think that lukewarmness is you I'd rather have you hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of the mouth. So, I, so for some reason, God would rather have you cold in the things of God or he'd have you, you'd need to be on fire doing a whole bunch of service, doing a whole bunch of works, doing a whole bunch of stuff for God. Why wouldn't he want people to be a little, do a little bit of stuff for God? Why does he either want you to do nothing for God or be super hot for God? It's because it has nothing to do with that at all. He was talking to the church, and they were mixing the law and grace. They were trying to put new wine in old wineskins. They were mixing the law and grace, and he'd rather have you completely in the law or completely in grace.
1: But because you're lukewarm, a little of both, I'm spewing you out of my mouth. It's disgusting. Why? Because If you're completely in the law, the law can do its job and magnify your unrighteousness
0: to the point that it brings you to your knees and you cry out for a Savior. Or if you're in grace, if you're totally in Christ Jesus and in grace, that's where where
1: God wants you to be. But what the church does is we dilute a little bit of law and a little bit of Jesus. And it's disgusting. God thinks that Okay,
0: Jesus gets you into heaven, but now you're going to live your life on your own, through your own self-effort,
1: through your own works. That's what that's all about. I wasn't going to talk about that, but that's what that is. It has nothing to do with how on fire you are for the Lord. But unfortunately, the church is in this state of a little bit of law and a little bit of Jesus.
0: I just need a little bit of Jesus and I can handle it from here.
1: You got me saved, Jesus. Thank you. I, I can handle it from here. I can take care of myself now. Why? Why, why, why is the church in the state? How do I know it's in this state? Because we say we need to be more holy. We need to be more Christ-like. We need to be more righteous. We're trying to earn what has been given freely. We're trying to be blessed, and we're trying to avoid punishment. Does that sound normal to you? Do you hear that? We need to strive to be more holy. What God needs to have revival in the
0: land is we need to be a righteous generation. We need to work on our
1: righteousness. If you don't tithe, guess what's going to happen? God's going to curse you. Have you heard that? We mix it. We're eating from the wrong tree. The Bible states, the Bible starts with this tree that brought
0: death and a curse to mankind, whose leaves could not heal the nations. But it finishes with a tree, the tree of life, whose leaves are for the healing of the nations, which breaks the curse and brings eternal life. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 1, Then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming down from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its streets, on either side of the river, was the tree of life bearing twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were the healing of the nations. There will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his bondservants will serve him. And there will no longer be any night, and they will not have need for, of light, of, the, of, the, of a lamp or the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illuminate them, and they
1: will reign forever and ever. We got a lot more to say. And hopefully
0: you're coming alive. You're having a revelation. You're awakening to the beauty of the gospel
1: of Jesus Christ. Next week we're going to look at what it means to renew
0: your mind. I have been taught all my life that renewing your mind is putting the Bible in your brain.
1: Problem with that is, is that when that scripture was written, the Bible did not exist. So, what does
0: it actually mean to renew your mind? Do I believe that the Bible aids us in renewing our mind? Yes. You want to know why? Because this is spirit and this truth. And guess what? Your born again spirit needs something to agree with. It gives us something to agree with. This is just a mirror. To show what is already inside you. But we need to renew our minds.
1: We have to lead the, the carnal mind and learn to walk in the spiritual mind. God, you are born again if you are in Christ Jesus.
0: The righteousness of God dwells within you. We need to start learning to walk in the Spirit. We need to start learning to live from the spirit and not the precepts of the
1: world. We have to learn to put on the mind of Christ and walk in this new creation reality that we live in. But today, you should be happy because the gospel of Jesus Christ boldly declares
0: that you have been freed from the law of sin and death You have been freed from the old slave master, the law that demands. And you have been brought in to the the unforced rhythms of God's grace. That if we can learn that he has put his laws on your heart, and that's not talking about the Ten Commandments. He has put his very nature, his law, the law of who he is on your heart. And you have been made just like him. So next week we're going to learn, start looking at what, how, what it looks like to walk in this, this new creation reality. What it looks like
1: to walk in grace. So don't fall for the lie anymore. When you hear that little voice that says do, you just say done. When people, when the enemy, when yourself tries to disqualify you, says that you're not good enough, you just suck up some of that sweet sap from the root. And you say, you're right, but I'm not
0: I'm not standing on my righteousness. I'm not standing on what I can do. I'm not standing on who I am in the flesh. I'm standing on who I am in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have authority. I've been seated with Christ in heavenly places. And I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places, and I'm going to cause
1: heavenly things to happen through me. I better shut up. So let's pray. And uh Dismissed. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for this awesome revelation
0: in your word of of this, this effort of humanity to try
1: to be more righteous by our self effort, by our own works. We thank you, Lord, for the law. Because the law reveals our lack of righteousness, how unrighteous we are, how far we have fallen how all of our attempts are futile. But most of all, we rejoice in the God of our salvation, Jesus Christ.
0: We rejoice in him that we are secure, that we have been grafted in into the tree of life, that we have been made righteous, not by the works that we have done, but by the works that he has done. That we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, Lord. We praise you for that. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and we can
1: never fall again. There is no accusation that holds water in the presence of our Savior. We have been grafted in. We are in the vine, and the vine is in us. We are his branches, and we produce fruit. So today, Holy Spirit, we
0: ask that you would convict us of our righteousness, that you would convict us of that we are the children of God, that that you would convict us and cause our spirits to cry out, Abba, Father,
1: and that we would rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ. We love you, we praise you, and we forever glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a message from Caris New Testament Church. For more information or to contact
0: us, go to www.carisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.